very, very busy. Um, mm-hmm. That was my life, you know, constant sa- Sunday through Saturday. I mean, we were there all the time. And people always ask, like, well, now it's off season, so you're free, right? And I'm like, I don't have an off season. <laughs> <laughs> we literally have, you know, maybe a couple weeks from June to July mm-hmm. um, during that time off the whole year. And um, that was another thing, you know, I had to learn. And, and I was so grateful for my department, the guys I had that was able to work with, like, teaching me that during the way. Because, honestly, that's the fun part. You know, it, the games are great and everything. But, like, the off season when you're preparing and that was my busy time, like, prepping for the combine and making sure they had everything in order that they needed, uh, creating notebooks, scouting notebooks for them. It's amazing how trash talk can bring people together, right? Well. Today's episode, my friend Erica Marmalejo, someone who we met after a trash talk exchange about NBA 2K14. After that exchange, while I was working in the basement, which you'll hear about on today's episode, she let me know if anything I needed, she would help me with. She would then go in to help me learn and really understand how to create montages properly during my time at ESPN. Erica is now what works in player development and player engagement for the Chicago Bears. So we talk about her career, how she went from working in sports production to working for a team and how she can relate to athletes because she is a former athlete. So ladies and gentlemen, Coming up next is this episode with my good friend, Erica Marmalejo. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the line today, I'm excited to bring you one of my good close friends when I was at the four letter and that February before I left, she decided to leave first. And that is the one, the only, my former softball teammate, Erica Marmalejo. Erica, how you doing, moms? Good, B. How you doing? Thanks Good. for having me. Thanks for coming on. I know you're busy these days, so I definitely appreciate you taking the time out to talk and jump on of the podcast. Course. So, how how you been? How's you know with everything going with the coronavirus and whatnot? How have you been? How have you been coping? Good. I mean, you know, just trying to do the best we can, taking it day by day. Right, it's all we can do right now. Yeah, especially, you know, and I know you work in the sports, which we'll get into. It's different. So, you know, it's definitely been an adjustment period. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, right now, a big focus, you know, is just making sure my players and every aspect, um, every person's lives that I touch, you know, just make sure they're doing okay. And also trying to maintain some self-sanity as well, making sure we're doing okay over here too, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, you like currently you work for the Chicago Bears, um, mm-hmm. but let's start at the beginning of your career before we get there. Um, you was at Loyola Marymount and then you transferred to, uh, um, uh, how you say it? Azuza? Az- Azusa. Azusa Pacific, yep. <laughs> yeah. And you studied journalism and pre-law. How in the world did you manage both of them? Because those are two intense um, courses of study. Yeah, um, well, I felt like, I didn't want to leave the sports world altogether, um, but I, I knew that I, there was some sort of legal aspect deep down. I wasn't sure if that was maybe being an attorney um, or what, but that kind of led me to what I recently studied for my master's. But um, 
I don't know. I just felt like I wasn't really sure. I was kind of torn between between two worlds. And so I wanted to learn as much as I could about both. Um, and I really enjoyed pre-law. I took my LSATs and everything and um, was really excited about that. But I just, you know, I decided that I wanted to go a different route and um, maybe get into uh, broadcast journalism. So mm-hmm. I studied that a little further and that kind of led me into my um, post-collegiate career. Okay. So you started off at Fox Sports as a PA? Yeah. So I did a production assistant for Fox Sports, um, primarily Fox Soccer there. And um, that was very brief and very unexpected phone call within four months of my time there um, is when I got the call for ESPN. Oh, so ESPN took you from Fox. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, had, I had been looking into ESPN um, for a long time. I would say since probably my junior year of college. Um, mm-hmm. I was trying to get internships, whatever I could. It was tough at the time because I was, I was a softball player in college. So all my free time, any summer, spring break, everything, winter, it was all dedicated to softball. So, um, but yeah, it was, I mean, it was just tough to get in touch with people. And, you know, even there was social media, but nothing like what it is today. <laughs> Tell me about it. Now, yeah. You started November 2012. Um, what was your first assignment there? At ESPN? Yeah, first assignment at ESPN. Um, I got into, I think I, I got into sports center, um, off the highlights and, um, working on teases, but they primarily, I was able to get into a lot of international sports cause I, I'm, I'm Spanish speaking, I'm Mexican. Mm-hmm. Um, but my goal, my focus was NBA at the time. That was what I really wanted to get into. And, um, so I did, you know, international NBA did, um, uh, baseball esta noche, international baseball, and and football as well. Okay, so yeah, and I, you remember? I don't know if you remember the first time we met. It was around I want to say January 2014 in the mm-hmm. basement. <laughs> yes, yes, that was my spot down there. <laughs> yeah, and um, we was it, it actually actually started over a trash talking conversation over NBA 2K. Yeah, me, mm-hmm. you, and shout out to Luis Sanchez, um, the CEO of My W Sports, who's also, you know, um, now he's into education. He's one of our close friends. But I remember um, the thing that I was grateful was like immediately you said, well, if anything you need, just let me know. And, you know, you're going to a new place, you're going to a whole new state. A lot of times, and then, you know, with the transitions, because I was on ABC News 1 at the time, and things mm-hmm. had shifted. So I'm like, man, I'm just looking for familiar faces at this point. And Luis <laughs> was working down there in the basement that day. And, yeah. you know, and, and like I said, what I was grateful is that you kind of saw that. Um, now, during your time there, you also worked in, um, you did a lot of NBA stuff. What were some of the coolest things uh, as far as the NBA that you got to do? I think the the best moment that I got to do was when um, our per, our main producer uh, Bruce Bernstein. He was awesome, was just pivotal guy for my career. I still talk to him to this day. Um, he he was just a great guy to have oversee the whole NBA content there in Connecticut, and um, he basically gave me an opportunity to be on our show NBA Tonight. And one of the coolest things was being able to do um, a one on one feature with Cassidy Hubbard. Mm-hmm. Shout out Cass. I love her. 
Um, but she was our main host and he basically got us our, I think, I think we had two cameras and, um, he chose me and, uh, I, I believe at the time it was Kevin Lowe and we were able to do kind of creative features of our choice. And so Cassidy and I did a one-on-one and, um, we were able to, to shoot in different areas. So film different areas. We did, we did bloopers. We made it as creative as we possibly could. It was just like a, a minute rundown of everything that was going on in the NBA at the time. So it was really cool. It was really creative and just different. It was really neat. Yeah, that was cool. You know, one thing I got to, you know, I, I ain't going to give you all the props. Um, <laughs> but you, <laughs> <Please don't. laughs> you really showed me um, how to put together montages. And yeah. I used to study yours to figure out, you know, how to do it. Because, I mean, the thing is, when you produce content, there's so many different ways, but a montage to tell a story. And, mm-hmm. you know, I spoke with uh, DeVry Smothers on a podcast a few um, weeks ago. You know, he talked about one that he created that was, you know, he was just fooling around and it ended up being on, they aired it on the NBA Finals. Um, oh. and. And and that was one of the things that I learned from you was, you know, just kind of like using that free time to still create something. You know, with ABC News yeah. 1, there were nights where there wasn't much to do. So you right. could do something like create montages and stuff. Um, yeah. You know, we got to talk softball. So I mentioned at the top of the show that uh, <laughs> you and I was on the um, softball field together. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I, I remember there was one game. And you may remember this. And I, so by the time I was playing softball, I wasn't, you know how when you get older, your mind wants to do something, but your body says no. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm there with you. <laughs> that that kind of happened, you know, especially me being older at the time. I was 20, 28 or 27 uh-huh. or 28. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, I know I can move. What's going on? But it was the down <laughs> to the last. Uh, we were up by three. And mm-hmm. They were, the bases were loaded and the fly ball came to me and I remember sitting there and I'm just praying <laughs> that I don't drop this ball and you was at first base and all I could think I'm looking at you because you was like you kept turning around oh B if it come to you you better get it <laughs> and I ended up catching it and everybody you know they was they're like oh what a good catch you know and one guy on our team was like I knew you was gonna catch it and then you was you came up to me he was like you, you had me scared because I didn't think you was going to catch it. <laughs> That's what I'm about, right? I was like, God dang. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's my little competitive spirit there. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, especially basketball too, you know. Yeah, uh, those are some good days. Yeah. I, I, I lost some weight, so I think I can keep up with you now. I, I used to <laughs> yeah. still get that time you jade me. I was like, yeah. I hate this. <laughs> And then you kept talking. It was like, yep, goodness those gracious. Those were fun days. Yep, yep. I miss that. I miss that. Yeah, definitely. Um, when did you decide that your time was up? Because, <clears throat> you know, obviously we vented to each other a lot about just different things that was going on there. And, you know, um, <laughs> there's been reports. I don't know if you've been seeing on social media. There's definitely been reports coming out about the four letters, stuff that we kind of noticed when we were there. Um but when did you decide that, you know, enough was enough? Um, of being at ESPN? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I honestly, I loved my time there. And, you know, recapping all the different jobs that I've had, um, you know, I always say people are what make it. And mm-hmm. honestly, that was, that was one of my favorite places to be just because 
you're in a city isolated. I mean, it's so small. There's nothing there. I mean, I attribute a lot of my weight gain to the beer drinking there, but we had, uh, we, it was because, you know, there was so many people that were our age and it was fun and mm-hmm. we made the best of it and we had good times and we went through the highs and lows together and projects and we all understood each other at the end of the day. And really that area of Connecticut was just crawling with employees from ESPN, you know, because that was the majority of what was there. So that was really cool to go through all that together. Um, But I think when I was in NBA and I was able to work with such prominent figures, especially when we brought Chauncey on board, Chauncey Billups, Mm -hmm. um, I I knew that I I felt like I had a higher purpose in being uh, back within a team setting. I really missed that. And I think I learned that, you know, as much as I thought broadcast journalism, being in front of the camera, I always thought that was my calling sideline reporting. I've, I've always been one to kind of learn the ins and outs. I always wanted to learn the back end of it as well. Just in, in the event I'm in front of the camera, I know what a prompter is. I know when it goes out, I have everything in my head. When my scripts aren't there, I know what I need to report on. So I always wanted to understand the behind the scenes as well, as mm-hmm. opposed to just being in front of the camera. Um, and so being able to see all that, I was like, you know what? I respect this, but it's not for me. And gotcha. I loved I loved my opportunity and what I was able to do. Um, but I've been an athlete my whole life, and it wasn't what I thought, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to be back within that team setting. Um, and I remember having those conversations with with those guys, and even with George Carl. And it's funny because even when I had my opportunity with the Kings, I didn't, you know, I didn't plan that. George Carl just happened to be there because he was one of our um, our analysts as well at ESPN. Mm-hmm. So then when you, uh, you, you would go to the Kings and work in a digital media department, what was, what was that like? Now you, you know, you're going from ESPN where it's all sports, but you primarily working on NBA and multiple teams now shifting to the Sacramento yeah. Kings and you being a Kings fan. Yeah. You know, that was a great opportunity. Um, but again, I, I, again, I think this was one of the biggest opportunities I learned from was mm-hmm. even though you're in pro sports, you're if you're not doing what you want to do just having the label of being on a pro sports team or working for a team any team really um it's not fulfilling it doesn't bring you joy you know and i thought just being able to work for the team um was going to do that and because i had the digital media background from espn i was like oh well this is going to be you know a home run i'm going to love it um and again it's not i was putting myself in the same position i did at espn and i didn't realize that until i was there so um, I'm glad that it was a, an internship so that I could learn that while I was there. Okay. Now, would you say that that would be the same thing um, with uh, Loyola, Marymount, Fresno State? Um, well, Loyola is where I went to school. Um, okay. That was where I had my, yeah, that was where I went my freshman semester. Um, but for Fresno State, that um, I think was definitely like, I know I said ESPN was one of my favorite places, but this was probably my favorite job ever. Like oh, okay. learning, yeah, learning from Fresno State. Um, I was a men's basketball video coordinator, but administrative assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was there for a short time, but Coach Rodney Terry gave me, uh, you know, a heck of an experience and opportunity. And uh, just being able to work with the guys there, um, I worked closely with, you know, all the different coaches and our director of operations and um, some assistants on board as well. But really one of our coaches, Byron Jones, he he gave me a lot of opportunities there. 
Um, I was able to put together some PowerPoints, um, help him with some recruiting processes and um, able to put together highlight videos for the guys. And I learned a lot there too. I think that's where I really honed in on player development, just being able to work with the guys and, you know, talking with them off the court and really learning about them and helping them. Uh, just, we had, we had a, an amazing year that year. The guys won the Mountain West Conference and the mm. tournament. And I mean, it was just great. They got to go to the big, the big tournament. It was awesome. It was a heck of an experience. Now, did you travel with them to the tournament? No, I didn't, which I was really bummed about. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I, I did, I was able to make a few trips and a few trips that I did and being on the bench. Um, that was, that was amazing. It was awesome. Okay. And now you would, you know, you would go to your football team, the Oakland Raiders, as, you know, administrative assistant to GM and player personnel. Can you talk about that experience? Um, you know, fortunately, when they came to Baltimore um, during the, the age in Flacco years when y'all came and beat us, uh, which I called the win that y'all would win that, and people were mad. Yeah. Um, you know, that was the last time we actually got a chance to link up, which was always great. Uh, but what was it like being, you know, with a pro football team? Because now you're going from basketball to pro football. That was amazing. Um, I had only met uh, Mr. McKenzie a handful of times. Mm -hmm. But just knowing, you know, especially looking back on it, how much work I did, not only for him and the department and the team um, organization, but for his family and his wife as well. I mean, he didn't – we've met a handful of times and – um, you know, he, he, he's a scout at the end of the day, he was a GM, but he's a scout. So he's able to read people and character and study and traits and personality and all these things that go into doing the homework of being a scout um, for wow. prospects, you know? So yeah. knowing that he kind of read me and gave me that opportunity, I mean, I, I'm forever grateful, forever indebted to him. Just being able to, I learned so much, um, you know, obviously it got me into the, the position I'm in now. Mm -hmm. um, just learning different experiences and having the opportunity to build and establish those relationships. It was, it was huge. That was amazing working for him. And what's it like working with a GM? Because you essentially you're working with somebody who's a public figure whose moves are constantly being scrutinized, um, mm -hmm. whether good and, you know, or they're, they're always under a microscope. So what was that experience like? That was, um, amazing first of all um very very busy um mm -hmm. that was my life you know constant sa sunday through saturday i mean we were there all the time and people always ask like well now it's off season so you're free right and i'm like i don't have an off season <laughs> <laughs> we literally have you know maybe a couple weeks from june to july mm -hmm. um during that time off the whole year and um that was another thing you know i had to learn and and I was so grateful for my department, the guys I had, I was able to work with like teaching me that during the way, because honestly, that's the fun part. You know, it, the games are great and everything, but like the off season when you're preparing and that was my busy time, like prepping for the combine and making sure they had everything in order that they needed, uh, creating notebooks, scouting notebooks for them. Well, that's where all the work comes in for the draft, you know, so you're preparing for the next year. So it was definitely busy um, doing the work for the department and then, you know, managing his calendar and, and schedule as well. But it was, it was all fun. It was all great work. Um, learned something new, honestly, every day, trying to stay organized. And it was, it was really great. See, you, uh, you're making me want to leave medicine and get back into sports. 
<laughs> you got any connections with the Ravens or the Washington? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, right? Yeah, no. I mean, it's it's work. You know what I mean? At yeah. the end of the day, it's it's definitely work. So you just got to put in the work, man. That's all it is. You got to put in the work. Yeah. Now, afterwards, you go to the Bulls. Now, you, you laugh. The nice weather in California, <laughs> where you're from, to yeah. go to Chicago? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I only been there once. Um, uh-huh. and we was talking about it. And, you know, I definitely had to have Harold's chicken and my shout out to my coworker Vanessa. We had to go for the American Heart Association meeting in 2018, and um, she had did some. Um, she had studied up in Chicago, like in um, one of the scientific labs up there. So she mm-hmm. was kind of helped me able to help me navigate, but. It was freezing. Like in Baltimore at the time, it was in the about the forties because it was in November, so it was starting to go down. We get there, it was like twenty five degrees up there. Yeah, it is very cold. And the worst part about it is, last year was my first year, mm-hmm. and you know, people told me that that was a mild winter. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that was is, freezing. Is it worse than Connecticut? Oh yeah, by far. It is cold. Wow, you said by far because yeah. you know Connecticut yeah, it's, it's, was cold but it wasn't windy (laughs) yeah that's the thing that wind that wind gets you but um it's crazy because when we were in connecticut we got hit with i think that storm was called nemo that was bad like really really bad that was the year before i got there yeah so that was really bad and um luckily i didn't have anything like that here um but it it definitely gets cold it gets real real cold yeah, because I, I missed that storm. Then my first summer, my first winter around the time when we met, it wasn't that bad. The next winter, um, it was starting. To, we had some uh, blizzards because my daughter was born the day after, no, the day before the Patriots Seahawks Super Bowl. And mm, okay. that they told us that Saturday, they said, we're expecting a blizzard. So usually you have to wait two days to go home. But because we're expecting a blizzard, if she's healthy, she can go home that day. So I was like, cool, I'm not going to I'm not gonna have to watch the Super Bowl in the hospital. And then I had to work that Monday. As soon as I got off of work, you remember, I was on Mike and Mike. So it's like, as soon as I got off, it was like the, the blizzard had started around 12. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, yeah, no, it's it's definitely, um, it's it's going to get cold, especially here in <laughs> Like I said, at least Connecticut, like I got a little taste of it. Um, mm-hmm. And I used to think I snowboarded a lot when I was younger. So I used to think, oh, well, I'm used to the snow. No big deal. Now, this was this was a different, different type of cold. <laughs> yeah. Now, with the Bulls, you um, what was like some of your primary responsibilities? Um, we did a little bit of everything in our department. So we were uh, player development off the court. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did all everything player related everything so team logistics as well we handled the travel um which was the travel schedule for the entire year the plane the chartered plane for the entire year the bus scheduling the hotels um the per diem for the players and staff seating on the plane oh wow Mm, yeah um Oh, geez. Uh, calendar stuff related. Uh, we worked with a company called Teamwork. So that was the scheduling within the app. Um, so basically like itineraries for the trips, mm-hmm. um, handle distribution of tickets for players pregame. So, uh, yeah, I did a lot. And on top, on top of that, um, 
obviously, you know, just help managing lives for the players off the court. Um, so any resourceful needs that they need, helping their families, um, significant others transition, uh, everything of that nature. Yeah. Now, with, um, I can imagine it's tough when you have players who get traded, even mm-hmm. when you build relationships. Is right. that the case? Yeah. Um, luckily for me, I, I, I didn't have to go through any of that yet. Okay. Um, yeah, because this year obviously was just a little different with the pandemic. And mm-hmm. then um, when I came in, everybody was already there. I mean, when I came in, everybody was new to me anyway. So yeah. even players that we had, you know, free agents or trades or anything of that nature, um, they came in new and I was new too. So. Oh, okay. So it's the kind of yeah. opportunity to like all grow together. Yeah. Within exactly. the organization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, with you doing player development, um, is what's one of the things that you've noticed that has been like one of your um, things you take the most pride in? Um, definitely uh, helping the players from a programming standpoint mm-hmm. off the court. And that's something I look forward to um, off the field as well, football. Um, but for me, um, I really believe in the whole package. So being a former athlete, um, I know what it's like firsthand to want some balance in your life, but also to have, you know, a lot of outside distractions that could potentially uh, cause, you know, cause distractions while you're playing. And it comes into, it comes into play. If you're not mentally strong, um, these distractions, you know, it could be something as little as a flat tire that Mm -hmm. you're, you're constantly thinking about to something major, um, like a family issue. You know what I mean? So having people who provide you those resources, um, you know, they, they always, even me, you know, playing, you're always taught, you know, once you step on those, once you step between those lines, forget everything. And sometimes that's what I've learned is that's not the right approach because Uh you're teaching people to avoid things. You're teaching people to avoid problems. And although a field or a court, like that might be your sanctuary, that's great. Mm -hmm. But when that's gone, you don't, you're not able to step inside those lines anymore or step on that field to avoid those problems. So now you're just constantly avoiding problems that build up and you don't know how to deal with them. So being able to learn how to cope with them and deal with them head on, I think is the best approach. Um, and, and whatever can really help you focus on your game. That's what we're here for. That's, we're here to help make people's lives easier in any way, shape or form that we can, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it, when you were saying that, it's reminding me of um, All American. I don't know, you watch that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it reminds me of when, oh man, I can't think of the star player's name, but all the stuff he was going through off the court, and oh yeah, I should yeah. say off the football field, and his yeah. coach is trying to help get him through that. Would you say yeah. by having this um, player development and player engagement positions, this kind of takes a little bit off the coach because it kind of gives that athlete an extra, another person that they can rely on, depend on. Absolutely. That's, that's the goal. Um, mm-hmm. so that there's focus in all areas, you know, everybody wants to hone in on their craft. Um, and that's what ultimately, you know, the goal is overall. Okay. And then you now, so now you're with the, the bears. <laughs> Yes. Mm-hmm. Couldn't, get a, couldn't get away from Chicago, I take it. Couldn't get away from <laughs> Chicago. Couldn't get away from football, yep. <laughs> yeah. So um, I know you, you just started. Congratulations. Thank um, you. What's one of the things that's been fun so far as you've transitioned into your new position? 
Um, really just the overall player engagement aspect. It's something I've always loved. You know, one of my mentors, uh, Lamont Winston, uh, was the director in Oakland. And it was just so awesome watching him move and watching him do his work. And obviously, he's got all the experience in the world. Um, so that's the end goal one day, you know, just to be able to gain as much experience as he's able to give back now as well. But um, we haven't really right right now. We're just working on different initiatives and mm-hmm. getting things um, together for when the guys come back. Um, but just you know, there's a level of comfortability when your boss really trusts you. And I, I know my boss. Um, we we did some work together beforehand while I was with the Bulls. And so just the being able to come into the building right now when I've only been here a couple weeks and like we just hit the ground running with work. It's so cool just to know like you know, there's, you just come in and you get ready to grind. You know what I mean? So it's, it's just crazy. I don't know. It's a different feeling. You can't really explain. And, um, it's different. And I don't know if it's just because, you know, this is the nitty gritty right now and we got a lot to do. And I came in at a different time um, when I was with the bulls, there was a lot. I felt like I needed to learn, especially in the NBA. It was just a whole different ball game. But Uh now I think that's where that level of comfortability comes in is I have some experience in the NFL. So being able to come in now, it's it, there's a level of comfort. I feel like you know when I, when I come into the building, I'm ready to do my job. Yeah. Now for the students out there listening, especially those who are huge um, sports fans that want to work for teams, what's the mm-hmm. I guess what's the pathway to get to um, to work in player engagement? Um, well, a lot of people think it's just, it's glitz and glamour and it's not, um, I honestly say that it's really a calling. Um, one thing that, one thing that I really, really truly believe in is that you can teach anybody how to do a job, but Mm -hmm. you can't teach people how to be personable or how to build relationships or how to just be a good person overall, you know? So I think that's just really important. Um, and again, it goes back to, you know, these spots, spots are limited, as you know, with sports teams, there's only what, 32 mm-hmm. teams. So um, it's definitely, you know, it's a grind, um, but be passionate about what you do. You know, it doesn't matter where you work or who you work for, love what you do, you know, and that's something that I'm constantly learning every day, um, whether it's my job or just, you know, going to the gym or like love what you do, love who you are and do it with passion, you know? So I would definitely say um, for somebody who's seeking seeking out roles and what to do, and especially right now, my heart breaks for, you know, I just saw the news today for a lot of HBCUs and, you know, football being canceled and my heart definitely goes out. I, I just can't imagine as an athlete, um, my senior year, especially being mm-hmm. taken away, you know, and especially right now. So, um, you know, wh- whatever I can do, um, I'm, I'm always one, I, whatever I can do to help, um, you know, I'm always here, whatever I can do to give back. Um, definitely, you know, I would continue, I would continue to tell people just to, to reach out um, and learn. I'm still doing that. I'm, I'm nowhere near done. So just to be a sponge, um, don't ever be af- afraid of feedback, constantly look for feedback. Um, and don't take it as criticism, like constantly learn, you know, do whatever you can to learn. Um, and then at the end of the day, you know, be patient with yourself and just continue to grow within yourself. Yeah, definitely. Um, before we get you out of here, um, I always ask this question. 
the title of the show is called Breaking Through the Glass Ceilings. So when yeah. is that moment where you knew in any aspect of your career, whether it was on the production side or player engagement side, where you knew this was your calling, where you broke through the glass ceiling? Man, I couldn't even tell you because there's <laughs> nights where I'm serious. I, I had to sleep in my car. I've slept in my car. There's nights where, you know, I, I've just, I've struggled financially. Um, I mean, when I took that King's job, like I said, you know, th- this is where the glitz and the glamour comes in, where the title uh, sounds good, the profession sounds good, but my parents, you know, thought I was the craziest person on planet earth, leaving a full-time job with benefits in my twenties um, that I got right out of college to an internship making, I don't know, maybe $9 an hour. Mm-hmm. And maybe being able to work, you know, 30 hours a week, um, if that. So that to me was um, my moment of I can't stop. Even when I was at Fresno State, um, you know, again, I, I wasn't I wasn't making full time money there, and uh, I had another job as well. I was working at Starbucks where I was make I was, you know, working opening shifts from 3:30 in the morning until you know 9 30 or 10 whenever i could just shoot on over to fresno state and work there until sometimes 8 10 o'clock at night <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. and then do it all over again so those were my moments where i was like this is whatever whatever it takes whatever it takes because ultimately uh, i look at today and, and i know i'm not done but it's the little blessings that i count that i look back on that and i'm like wow you know i'm in my own apartment today i'm making my own paychecks and back then I was scrambling, like, what am I going to do? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So for me, those are definitely breakthrough moments. Definitely blessings from God for sure. Amen. Erica, I definitely appreciate you coming on. Um, like I said, I wouldn't be where I am in video production without you. Uh, and I'm not the only person, you know, so many people that could say that it was, you know, I look back, at the two years I was at ESPN and I had friends, but then I had family. If you remember <laughs> when we went to church that, yes. <laughs> yeah, that November. Yes, I remember. And, yes. and I always talk about that. And I say that there were five of us who went to church from ESPN that night yep. in November. And then by that August, literally all of us were gone but yeah you know and i had you know like i said still i've got you know friends who still work for the company um majority Mm -hmm. of them don't know more but you know if there was a circle of if i had to say you told me choose 10 people who i was really close to the four of y'all were right there with me that tuesday night for turn up tuesday shout out to pastor john Watkins <laughs> up in uh yeah. mount olive ministries you know i still keep in contact with him so oh that's yeah, awesome yeah, yeah. He's, he's great great guy so shout out to him um but yeah i remember you know and like i said with you it was always like you was just one of us like we uh, we just instantly click whenever i needed help or needed a vent you know I could always knew I could depend on you. And, you know, sometimes you just need to talk to somebody. You don't need it to go no further. And, yeah. you know, so I definitely appreciate that. Um, let the people know, if you want to, where they can find you. Yes, you can find me on LinkedIn, um, Erica Marmalejo. 
Um, I, you know, obviously we have our schedules and I get busy, but I always do my best uh, to respond as soon as I can. Um, but yeah, you know, like you said, be, you know, continue to give the respect to people that, um, you know, you want as well. And that's kind of going to your point there. I, the way that I treat people is, you know, the way I, I would hope people would treat me. So whatever I can do to help, man, I'm, I'm happy we cross paths and definitely always here for you, whatever I can do. Yeah, definitely appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, that is, I'm going to call her Marms because that's what we call her. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you connect with her on LinkedIn. Got you. Thanks, me. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Erica. Understand that there are multiple ways to work in sports. So um, connect with her on LinkedIn. That's the only social media platform you will find her. Next week, it will be very interesting as I talk to somebody who's very outspoken. And to me, it feels like one of them interviews a sit down tell all. And I'll bring on my good friend Chinapa. Chinapa and I work together at my current position at Johns Hopkins. And she has left, but she really tells why. So get ready for that episode next week. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And I promise you, you won't want to miss anything if you follow me on social media. Follow me at Brian H. Waters. Make sure you subscribe. Drop me a five-star rating. Help me out. I appreciate it. Until the next time, folks, I'm Brian H. Waters. So long, everybody. This podcast was recorded and edited by B. Waters Productions. The music by Hypno Beats. Make sure you follow him at Hypno underscore B.